and this will be episode two of our interview with Blade Hargus. We kept him a little bit shorter so that you guys could still listen to him in about the same time frame and just catch up on him whenever you had a 20 minutes or so. But thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Y'all are listening to The Mormon Nutritionist. I should say that this podcast is not intended to be individualized medical advice. As always, please consult with a medical professional in your area to make sure that your medical history is taken into account to make sure that you get the best care possible. I am your host, registered dietitian nutritionist, Zach Cordell, and uh, we're going to be talking the next little while with Blade Hargis. Now, Blade is a recent graduate from BYU. He is also an incoming medical student at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, uh, Minnesota. How does faith influence how you study or what you think you're going to do whenever you do start practicing or how you would like to work with patients? Whether that's from your mission, you learned how to knock on doors and talk to anybody, or you learn how to teach, how do you think that's going to affect your, your bedside manners? So when it comes to, to that, a story I, I've often shared with like family and friends is um, there was one time I did, I did really well in school. I, I feel really blessed. I did, I did quite well in my studies at BYU. But um, I was studying organic chemistry, and that's like most people's like, oh, Kim, oh, they hate it. And um, I remember going through these really minute details where you could ask yourself like what's what's the point how is this ever going to help me as a physician because they weren't really doctor related in fact it's like every math class in high school right yeah exactly you're like how does this do and i remember asking myself why i spent so much time studying ochem and i had this impression i have I've had a dream two or three different times and it's the same dream and in it I'm in scrubs and I'm walking down a hall and at the end of the hall there's a mom and as I'm walking down that hall I know I'm going to deliver some news she doesn't want to hear. And that has etched in my mind multiple times the burden that I'll carry as a physician. And so when I approach my studies the reason I dive into it and I study so hard and I ask questions and I Google and I go to the TAs and I talk to the professors and I put everything out there is because I cannot bear the thought that one day I'll have to walk down a hall and tell a mother that I could have saved her kid if I would have worked a little bit harder. Right. I have to, have to do everything in my power now so that if things don't turn out, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I did everything humanly possible that I could do. And I, in my, how faith has influenced that is I know that eventually I'll have an accounting with the Lord. And I really think that the Lord is going to ask us not only how we lived our life, but how we used the resources he gave us, how we worked in our careers, how we were as fathers and mothers and parents and yada, da da da. I think as a physician, he's going to ask me how I use the knowledge he bestowed upon me and my ability to understand how I used it to bless his children in medicine. And if I look at him 
and I can't say I did everything I could to bless your children, then I will have failed in that mission. And so I approach my studies literally understanding that every little detail I may never use, I really may never use something that I learned in like a family finance class to help a child live through a surgery. But what I do know is that by working hard and diving into those studies and making every moment worth it, that I'm prepping myself to be able to do that when it does matter. Right. Well, and, and the other thing too is that in scriptures it talks about how you'll receive revelation upon revelation. But mm-hmm. if you don't have that initial revelation, how can you receive the next step? Well, one thing, an, another thing that I love, my grandma, she grew up in the South. She was very, I believe that she was a convert. Don't quote me on that though. Um, but she grew up in Southern Baptist rounds. And so she had a lot of really interesting insights. And one of my favorite quotes from her is, is she said, the spirit cannot draw from an empty well. Right. And what she meant by that is when she would prepare for talks in, in like church, she would spend the whole week filling her well with spiritual thoughts and conference talks and songs and, and prayers and everything. And then she would count on the Lord to draw from that reservoir that she had built up what those in the audience needed to hear and the congregation needed to hear. And I feel like that is an application to everything in life. The Lord will not be able to draw from my well if I haven't put this stuff there to begin with. Now, I'm not... Please don't get me wrong. I'm not putting God in a box. But if God works with us, if he's the master crafter, we're his tools. If we are a broken tool, it's going to be a little bit harder to use that tool. Sure, yeah. And he may use other tools to get his final product. Right. Yeah, and I don't think that it's coming across in a way where he can't tell you what to do. But it's easier for you to understand the message if you speak the language. Exactly. And so when I study, I study because I want to fill my well with the necessary resources so he can draw from it to bless his children. So now I guess the next step we'll move into is like, when did you start to put faith and food together? And, and I have some other questions for you that from what you've said about like the cherry cheese danishes and hiding food <laughs> okay. from your parents. But we'll talk about that later. So. Perfect. So what, when did you start to put faith and food together? You've mentioned like how you were diagnosed. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned how you were raised. And then you had those troubled teenage years. Mm-hmm. But when did it really start to click for you? It clicked for me in my interview to get ready to submit my mission papers with my bishop. So with that, um, I was talking to him. I met all the requirements, worthy-wise. I was, I was ready to go. And he asked me at the very end, he was like, Blade, what if you can't go? I was like, what do you mean? I'm just as worthy as any other priest. Why, what do you mean? He's like, what if they don't let you go because of your diabetes? I was like, is that an issue? He was like, it can be. So what, are, what is your plans if they don't let you go? And it really hit me that, again, that whole battle between like being subject to my circumstance or controlling my circumstance, this was a point where I felt like, my circumstance was going to be controlling of me. And I realized if I didn't figure out a better balance in my health, that it may limit me from doing things like a mission. And so it clicked and I was like, well, dang, I need to be better about taking care of my body. I need to do better about eating. I need to do better about working out. I need to do better and all that stuff so that diabetes doesn't control my status of being a missionary or not. Right. 
And so it kind of clicked in that faith and food, food played an integral part in me being able to serve a mission. And I realized you, you got to think about it. When God gave the, the revelation, the word of wisdom, it's hard. I really feel it's hard to fill the spirit. I really feel it's hard to be a good member of the church and to be a good person in general. If you feel like garbage all the time, if you're super unhealthy and sick all the time, you can't minister if you're constantly being ministered to. Sure. I mean, there is some argument of to of you are able to serve someone by allowing them to serve you, but I understand what you're saying, right? I mean, you can only do what your body is physically able to do. Uh-huh. And sometimes there can be limitations based on choices that we've made. Yeah. And and so like our health can limit our ability to be a, a like a vast tool for the Lord if, if we're constantly sick or something. So I realized that the Lord commanded us and gave us revelation on how to take care of our bodies because I think he understood that if we were sick and dying all the time, we weren't going to be able to do a lot of stuff. We weren't going to be able to have the experiences and to make the memories and to make the mistakes and learn from them. Sure. We needed functioning, working bodies to experience the lives we need to do, that we need to have. Yeah, and to kind of go on with that, I was thinking about whenever they're building the Salt Lake Temple, mm-hmm. right, and how they would dedicate a certain amount of days to assist with that building. And there's some people that might not be able to do the building, whether they're too old, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they've developed an illness, maybe they, for whatever reason, they are not able to assist. Yeah. But then you think of Elder Uchtdorf's talk where he's lift where you stand, yeah. that you can all do something. And and you can always think, well, what if I did this? Or how would this be different if I had done these things? Um, but there's a, a beauty in being present with where the Lord has put you, with the skills that he has given you, and recognizing that you can serve anyway. Yeah, I am not insinuating that if you're born without a left leg or something, that all of a sudden you're a second-class citizen in God's kingdom. That is that is not what I'm implying. What I am implying is that with the circumstance you're given, the Lord has given us revelation to take care of yourself right. in that circumstance. And if you do that, I am 100% a believer that the Lord will maximize our efforts wherever we are. Well, you get five talents, you get three talents, you get one. What do you do with what you've been given, right? Exactly. And so in my circumstance, I knew I had played high school football and baseball. I had gone to prom. I had I had gotten in trouble. I had done service projects. I knew I could serve a mission. I knew I could do it because I had done things like it my whole life. Right. And so I knew that if I didn't obey the revelations God had given and take care of my body, that I could be a detriment to my own mission and that diabetes could be that. And so I understood my circumstance didn't limit my ability to serve a mission. So I needed to take control of it. Yeah. No, I remember uh, being in the MTC and it's the standard of truth, right? Uh They've got like the huge thing up there. Um, And it says no unhallowed hand can stop the work of the Lord from going forth. And I thought, I was reading, I was like, well, what about a hallowed hand? Like, what if we're not prepared whenever the Lord has called us? Like, then he has to use someone else, right? So, all right. So the last question, this is more of like a personal question. Do you think that on your mission, any of your companions um, 
thought you were a little fragile or did they treat you differently because of your medical um, issues? Honestly, I don't know how to say this without sounding like puffed up or anything, but when I left on my mission, I was a pretty strong, like I had been in the gym six days a week, three days, three hours a day for a year. I was, I was a pretty strong, tough kid. And I kind of, I think if you would ask most people that I served around in the mission field, I was known as the strongest elder. Would the, did they even know that you had diabetes? Most people didn't. And that's what's interesting. I think I've gotten to the point that most people would never suspect I'm diabetic without me telling them. In fact, <laughs> funny story, I was at the gym and um, I was a little bit low on money. And so I had gone instead of an insulin pump, like a, a cool, like little pager looking thing that would deliver my insulin to me. Sure. I was back to the like orange tips, syringes, needles, and a vial of insulin. So I looked like a total drug user. <laughs> yeah. At the at this point, um, I was pretty big. I was planning to walk onto the BYU football team. So it was about 210 pounds. I was pretty solid. And I was in the in the locker room. I had just taken my pre-workout, so my blood sugar was spiking a little bit. So I took some insulin and this kid and his brother walked around the edge and I'm like drawing up from this vial <laughs> with like this orange tip syringe that all the drug users use and I'm over here shooting it in my arm and I hear before going to the gym to get ripped exactly and I hear this kid brother like run around the side he's like don't you ever do something so stupid in your life and he totally thought I was shooting up like steroids or something and then you come around and you're like yeah don't ever do anything like that but if you have diabetes please take care yeah yeah. And so like stuff like that happens because I think a lot of people with all the work I've put in, I don't think a lot of people would ever suspect that I'm diabetic. Right. And so, and so it, it's funny stuff like that. That's not the only time. That's oh happening. no. I'm sure you've got plenty of other like stories. I, I'm constantly getting eyes at the gym when I'm doing insulin and stuff. It's like, what's he taking over there? Like, or whenever you're out eating, you're like, I just needed a quick a little pick me up. Yeah, pick me up. Or, or bring the sugar down. Oh, my All wife, right. my poor wife. <laughs> so let's like, take a quick, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about three experiences uh, that that changed Blade's life for the better and how he approached trials and and finding joy. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll bring it right back. This has been episode two of our interview with Blade Hargis. Hopefully this has been pretty informative and just opening and heartfelt to understand how medicine can influence and is influenced by our faith. But who we are spiritually influences how we behave physically and in our roles. And that's really what this podcast is about. It's about mixing our food and our faith and understanding how culture influences all those things. And, uh, Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Zach Cordell RDN. So hope you've enjoyed the episode and talk soon.